Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to a Zoom version of the Freshman Parking Lot. This is episode 13. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Remember that you can always email the show, and i uh, got a few questions, I think, from each of us that we might want some feedback tonight on. So you can email the show, freshmanparkinglot at gmail.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Freshman Parking Lot. And you can also follow on Twitter at Frosh Parking Lot. Okay, so well, let's not forget about Facebook. New and improved Facebook. Yeah, actually, I, I forgot to make a slide for that. The good call. We're on Facebook too, which I think is the the better demographic for most of our listeners. So, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're out there and you're friends with Brad or I on Facebook, uh, Justin's not on Facebook anymore, or anymore, anymore. Okay. Um, just uh, try and hit one of us up and we'll get you added to the list, okay? So Facebook uh, videos get posted each week just like they do in the other places. Um, so hey, good evening. I'm Brian Rosh, Justin Fry's up there in the top and Brad Gefford down there on the bottom for episode lucky number 13. <laughs> you guys you ever think we week? make it this, this far? I I'm well, amazed we made it this far. <laughs> At least it's not Friday the 13th. The last Friday the 13th we had was our last day of school in person. So uh, we don't need that anymore. No, we don't. We're trying to get back to our first day of school in person. Oh, yeah, working on it. Oh. Hey, speaking of working on things, um, I got a question for you guys. I need a, a true man's perspective here on what is the least – manliest thing you've ever done or the, or the thing that made you feel most awkward in your life? Maybe uncoordinated, awkward, anything come close to jump into your mind? And, and I'll tell you the reason I ask. And, and I'll go first, I, Justin, because I knew he was going to ask this, so I'll let you think about it. But Brad, go ahead. Tell us why you asked. Okay. Right, I asked because my kids wanted to do a workout the other day, so I typed on the you know Amazon Prime Stick uh, exercise routine and First, it was some like Richard Simmons wannabe, and I couldn't handle doing that. So I put on Zumba. I did a 30-minute Zumba workout, and when I got done, I felt ashamed from myself because I didn't know I couldn't keep up with it. I was so uncoordinated. It was not really the most manly thing I've ever done. Now, at the end of the half hour, I was a sweaty mess. I felt like I had some good cardiovascular exercise going on. Um, but yeah, it was not good for my self-esteem in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so, gosh, mine, mine is something that I would imagine maybe even both of you have done before, and it, it feels pretty good, but it's just, I think, a little awkward, especially while you're doing it, is a massage. Okay. Oh. I don't know. Maybe you guys haven't done that. Um, no. It, it just—it's awkward. Um, it, <laughs> it just is, and I'm just gonna—I think—leave it at that. Yeah. I've never, I would, never had a massage. Okay. I've once, and I'm good with once for the rest of my life. So yeah, I'm, I'm there with you on that. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like going. I went to New York City once. It was great once. Never really want to go back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, yeah. what do you got? Are you just like the manly um, man over there never done anything? 
Oh, I've done a lot of dumb things and I've felt <laughs> very awkward in lots of situations. Um, I think, I don't know if this is a, a non-manly thing, but the, the situation that I perhaps felt the most awkward in was a medical procedure I had done after some kidney stones. Um, I had to go in for a little bit of outpatient surgery. They literally had to remove a 12 to 13 inch tube that was in my body. They had to get it out of me. And as they're prepping me and I'm lying on this table naked from the waist down, one of the nurses that is in the room is the mother of a person I went to high school with. <laughs> All right. And so <laughs> that's like, okay. And, and, and the, they were members of our church growing up. So I was like, this is just, <laughs> this is bizarre world right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that is a, an uncomfortable position to be in. I don't know. Literally, figuratively, all of the above. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I'm sorry. That was no. I think that's. I think that's perfect. And I, I'm. I'm glad you asked because the awkward that kind of leads into our first topic is we've we've got four. I would count golf as a major sport. We've got four major sports that are back live, and there's some oddities and maybe even some awkwardness to watching some of them on TV without fans. And so I think that's where we want to start today is. Um, we've watched some NBA, a little bit of NHL, some Major League Baseball, and some golf. And I'm curious what you guys are thinking about each of those specific viewing experiences with no fans in the stands. Well, I, I can tell you right off the bat, I watched uh, the first weekend Major League Baseball came back, right? They started on a Friday night, I believe, or maybe it was a Thursday night, but, you know, Friday, Saturday. And on Saturday, Fox had a doubleheader or a tripleheader from all over the country. And in the game between the Brewers and the Cubs, Fox put in CGI, computer animated fans in the stands. And I thought it was terrible. Did they I'm fill okay the with stands? The... Did they fill the stands? No, right, Brad? They still had like the first 10 rows were empty. They started <laughs> it was very bizarre. So I'm I, wonder okay they, with, I wonder if it was so awkward that they discontinued because I have not seen that anywhere. I, w I watched it that day and that was the only time I've seen it. And it was, and I agree with Justin. It was, hey, don't try to sugarcoat something. It is what it is. There's nobody there. Let me see the 13 people that are for some reason able to sit in the stands um, and, and realize that, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's nobody there. Let's focus on what you can see. Um, I hate the piping in of crowd noise. I hate the the fan experience press on your phone to to get a cheer in a game if it even works. Um, I would really love. I don't think they're capitalizing enough on actually hearing the sounds of the game. If it's an NBA game, I want to hear the players talk to each other. It's quiet enough; they should be able to pick that up. They do a little bit, but I don't think they do it enough to, to really get into it. And I understand from a, from a general television, they probably would have to delay and kind of bleep some stuff out, is my guess. Just a little uh, bit. I want to get a, a good feeling for that talk on the court. Um, 
you know, I from a from a viewing perspective, I actually think NHL is doing it the best. The way their cameras are set up, the way the backdrop is set up. Uh, I watched a hockey game, probably more hockey than I've watched in a long time, and it was it was enjoyable. It was it was clean. It was easy. It um, there was no distractions. They weren't trying to make something more than what it is. So props to the NHL. I think is leading the pack there. So. I've watched um, – I actually haven't watched golf. Out of the three of us, I haven't watched any golf. I know you guys have, but I've watched some of the other three. And um, I tell you what, Major League Baseball, I like – I think it's cheesy, but I like the cutouts. Um, yes. I, and, and the teams that don't do it, I think they think they're, like, too cool. Like the New York Yankees. Oh, I, we're, we're too cool to do that. Well, you're not. Um, and, and you proved that when you opened up that stadium, you tried to charge $2,400 for seats behind the plate and nobody went to them. So maybe that's why there's no cutouts there. <laughs> um, and, and like yesterday, the Twins were on ESPN and they had, they had Twins greats were the cutouts, like former Twins players behind the plate. I thought that was kind of cool. I was going to ask you, as a Twins fan, can you name all of them? Can you go down the row and name them all? I, I named most of them, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I... I actually am opposite of you, Brad. I like the crowd noise. I thought it was a dumb idea, but uh, watching that Twins games yesterday, they, like, it was like you were at a nightclub. They played music in the background between pitches. That was awful. Um, it was really distracting. Jessica Mendoza, who I know a lot of people don't like as an announcer, I think she does a really nice job. She thought it was the coolest thing ever, so now she's kind of going down on my list. Um, <laughs> But I think the NHL and the NBA have done a really nice job of making it sound like a normal game. It, and I don't know if it was fan noise or just the noise of the game minus the players talking, but I was like, there's not a lot different other than the NBA looks like it's at Vanderbilt where there's like so much space on the sidelines like they have at their basketball court. <laughs> but other than that, I think – they they're doing a really nice job with the situation and um i'm i'm enjoying yeah. it and it seems like some of the major league ballparks there's more and more cutouts like the seat the stands are filling up as the season goes <laughs> right I, wa I watched part of a game today between uh the phillies and the yankees and the phillies had had a nice did a nice job with their cutouts behind home plate they had all doctors and nurses cool that were phillies fans that was pretty cool um I think I think the 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 league that's done the best job is the NBA. The NBA viewing experience is fantastic. Um, they've changed the camera angle a little bit. Sometimes they've put a camera on a track that's Got close it. to floor level that now runs down with the teams, and that's a pretty cool vantage point to see. I really like the screens where people get to zoom in as fans. Like you can. That's part of a contest. It looks fantastic. It looks futuristic. I like it. Um, I like the crowd noise that they bring in. And even the other night on the Bucks game, it seemed like Bucks personnel were in charge of the changing screens and the music because it they it, it, the crowd cheered when the Bucks scored. Got loud when the Bucks needed to be on defense. Um, if you go to NBA games or you watch enough of them, you know that they play some music as the home team has the basketball and they're trying to score. And that was happening during the Bucks game. So it felt a lot like 
um, the entertainment that you get at an NBA game. And, and I really have been enjoying it, as well as um, the hockey. Although the, the, the only thing I will say about the hockey is I don't know if I like just seeing the big tarps over all of the seats in the Toronto um, arena, at least that the Eastern team is playing. Well, See, and that's what I'd like to do. If you're going to tarp them, why don't you make some money and sell some ads? <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I like the cleanliness of it. I thought it just, it's smooth. You're not distracted by anything. I just, it looked, sure. it, it made it easy for the viewing side of it. Justin, I'll agree. I think I, I, I do like the camera angles with NBA, mm -hmm. uh, but that's as far as I agree with you on any of that. Okay. <laughs> the Brady Bunch Zoom boards, I could go without. And the fact that they try to make them a home or away team, it's not. It's neutral site. Just make it like a, NCAA basketball neutral site game, and it's just neutral. There's, there's nothing there. No way, man. No way. I saw the other night the Portland Trailblazers logo was on the court. It was a home game for them. <laughs> yep. I just – I don't think – it's not doing anything. You're not, you're not competing at a higher level because you have a home game that day. No, I agree. I, I think it's all done for TV and for us as, as entertainment. Um, I don't think it's for the players at all. Um, it's been fun. I don't so, know. And, and speaking of players, I, um, I know we watched a little golf this last weekend. And um, uh, before I talk about the viewing experience of golf, came down to you know, those of you that watch it, Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka and um, – Justin Thomas looked like he was me hitting a driver the last four or five holes. Just and, it. and if you've ever golfed with me, I don't hit a driver for a reason. It's because it, it goes all over the place. And uh, he was scrambling and, and he made it, uh, ended up winning, obviously. And Brooks Kepka came down to the 18th hole. And all he's got to do is birdie, push a playoff par possible because he didn't know what Justin Thomas was going to do and puts one in the drink. He gets out, he's got like 170 yards on his birdie attempt, and the announcers are going, and if he holds this out, he'll force a playoff. I'm going, dude, he's like 170 yards out. Like, let's not quit making it look like there's actually a chance. It's not like he's got a 15-yard chip shot into the, the green. He's got 160-some yards, and they're like, and hold on. If he makes this, he has a chance. And I'm just going nuts going, no, how about this? He's got a one in a million chance of making this, and then we might go into a playoff, right? Like, But do you know why they had to act like that? Because Brooks Kepka is such a little baby who doesn't think anybody respects him that if they didn't say that, he'd start whining. He's just a little baby. Right. My, my wife started watching because she's like, ooh, who's that hottie in playing golf? So... <laughs> I guess she, the golf's getting fans with Brooks Koepka in the final groupings, I guess. so. In, in terms of watching, Brad, um, my, my perception was it's not really all that different than when fans aren't there. Like, for some reason, when I watch golf, unless it's that, that waste management open where the fans go crazy, they just kind of blend into the background and I don't pay attention to them. So it's been, I, I haven't noticed much. I thoroughly enjoyed not having to hear the drunk guy in the background yell, get in the hole, every time somebody tees off from 427 yards away. So I thought the viewing, just for that, not having the random yelling um, made it a little more enjoyable. Again, 
I want to mic those players up. I want to hear all the smack that they're talking to each other. I want to hear what they are saying to their caddies, you know, really capitalize on not having that ambient noise and just let's listen to and, and get a feel for what golfers go through. I don't know what it's like to be a professional golfer. I'll never know that. But let me hear the conversation hole after hole after hole with the caddy. And I'll be zoned in on that. I just, I, what's their strategy going in? Hey, what's Brooke Hepska's caddy telling him before he tees off on the 18th and cranks one into the water? Hey, what's the conversation like after he puts it in the drink? You know, those are the conversations I want to know. Well, and I think early on, I had read some things that some of the players were a little concerned. They said they need, they need to protect us. There's things out here that we don't want people knowing that we're saying. And I would imagine it's not strategy. It's how appropriate or inappropriate the comments are. And Bring it on. Well, it might yeah, be on HBO then. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to NBA players go back and forth during a game would be amazing. Yes. But there's no way they could put that on broadcast. It'd have to be like on TNT after dark, you know. <laughs> you have to prove you have to you have to prove that you're 21 years old to watch it or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be, be incredible. No well, doubt about it. Speaking of 21 years old, a lot of our college athletes are between 18 and 21 or 22 years old. And big announcement today, the Big Ten put out a conference-only football schedule. Uh, Ten games for each school. Actually, instead of, uh, instead of me guessing, I'm going to put the screen up here. And can you guys see that? Yeah. So Ten games for each school. Starting uh, the week of September 3rd, most of the games are going to be played on September 5th, it looks like, but there will be a Thursday game and a few Friday games, or two Friday games. Um, and there's some built-in bye weeks. Uh, I believe each team has a couple of crossovers. It looks like all of the crossovers are going to be happening on the same dates. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts, first of all, on the schedule, second of all, on, I don't know, the likelihood of any of it happening? Hey, I saw it this morning. First thing, I, I was driving into town this morning, and I they kind of interrupted the conversation to say that the, the football schedule got released. And the first thing that came to my mind was, so you're saying there's a chance. You know? So um, I don't – obviously, I think it's great. I, I, I like the crossovers. I think Wisconsin has a pretty sweet schedule. Um uh, it'd be exciting going down to the last few weeks. They set up those buys late so they can uh, be flexible uh, if needed, if they have to cancel a week or postpone a week. And then obviously that week of November 28th, everybody has off. And that's, you know, built in for that makeup week in case they need to make up two games um, or uh, one later on. So um, I saw it and went, bring on some football, saying there's a chance Justin disagrees with me a thousand percent, but I'm going to hold on to the small chance that we're going to see some college football this year, and uh, we'll be excited. So I'm, I'm not. I don't think we'll get any Friday night uh, high school games. So part of me says, "Hey, let's take half that schedule and put it on their Friday night Big Ten game of the week." I know they did that early on, and um, later on, hey every week put a Friday night game on there and let us watch some big 10 on Friday nights too. I think that will 100% happen too. Mm -hmm. um, 
a couple of things that jump out at me. <clears throat> we're we're in Wisconsin. I grew up in Minnesota. That's always a big game, and it's always the last game of the year. That's uh, the fourth week of the of the season. And then obviously the biggest rivalry game in the whole conference, one of the biggest ones in the whole country, Michigan and Ohio State, is not the last game of the season like it always is either. That's earlier. And I'm not sure the reasoning on those things. Maybe it is because they value those rivalries at the conference level and they want to make sure they get those things in if, in fact, we have to push things back. Or if, in fact, things get canceled, they're like, well, at least we still had this. Yeah, those those things yeah. got moved up earlier in the season. Hey, I'm just glad Michigan's and Ohio State are playing the week before uh, Wisconsin plays Michigan. So yeah. Michigan can get beat up by Ohio State, and then uh, we can uh, Wisconsin can travel to the big house that next week. It it is it's interesting that you know, like a lot of conferences, the conference schedule is set up so that the big rivalry game is the last week of the regular season. Yep. And so obviously they've been moved around, but they're not even in the same week anymore. So correct. perhaps as they were putting this schedule together, they, they thought we'll kind of maybe starting after week three or something like that, we'll kind of sprinkle them out so that each week in the Big Ten, and I don't know because I haven't analyzed, but maybe each week in the Big Ten, there is some sort of a rivalry matchup going on. That could that's be. Of, of some sort of significance. Um, I think they are actually going to start the football season, Brad. It really looks like they're going to. Um, I think that the conference commissioners and the athletic directors at schools all over the country, at least in the Power Five conferences, um, realize what kind of an economic hit their schools are going to take if they don't at least get started. So I think we're going to see oh. a start. I'll be surprised if if they if if schools have protocols in place that allow them to get to the finish line well the problem is that right now i think the football players and some camps have opened up some players are on campus i think this week friday most big 10 teams will start getting their players there um, and practice i think begins next week but when they're practicing or you know right now they're they're in the dorms. They're in their kind of their mini bubble, right? Like it's not a real bubble, but they're pretty isolated. They're just getting bed checks. They're in their dorms. They're, they're with each other the whole time. Uh, the issue that I think we're going to have is as soon as the rest of the college comes to campus, um, I think Brian Butch, uh, this morning I was listening to Brian Butch and uh, John Kuhn's uh, radio program, and uh, Brian Butch goes, yeah, what's going to happen the first time they go to a party and start taking a couple beer bongs out of the funnels, right? And they laughed, and he goes, how do you think I got mono when I was in college? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess there was everybody kind of that collective, like, oh, yeah, I do remember that when he got that. So, um, did Bo Ryan call the show immediately after that? <laughs> I, did, I stopped listening. I, I think we had to go to our meeting then that I had with you um, but I really worry that we're going to feel really good. Similarly, I think to a lot of things, um, that are coming up, school opening included, we're doing a lot of the right things to protect people when they're in our bubble. Um, but then you can't always protect people when they are on their own and, and doing their own things and, um, not socially distancing when they go to that party when they go out at night when they go to the bar when they go to a restaurant when you know all those things that 
college students that are 20, 21, 22 years old feel invincible, right? I'm not going to get sick, whatever, just keep going. And um, that's when I think you're going to get a, a Marlins or a uh, St. Louis-like outbreak, and it just kind of spreads to the team, and all of a sudden three-quarters of the team has something because after that, they're in pretty tight quarters. Um, and I don't worry about so much the plane. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how can you have these people hit and tackle and line up from each other. I don't think – I think Major League Baseball is showing that. That's not where the spread is coming from, the actual playing of a sport. The spread is coming from the traveling and the eating and, and all those things that go around being in that sport. So. Like casinos and strip clubs. They went out to get a gallon of milk. I heard Derek Jeter tell me they went out to the gas station to get a gallon of milk. Is this the same Derek Jeter that had the gift bag for the women the next morning? That Derek Jeter? <laughs> Hey, Derek Jeter's got to be smart enough that if he's going out on a limb like that, he better know that there's no cell phone pictures. I know Jeter was a check your cell phone at the door kind of guy, but he better hope that there nobody else had a cell phone catching one of his players uh, out getting milk. Yeah, yeah, get, getting milk. Hmm. There's some innuendo there. Just going to throw that out there. Oh. Um, I, I do like just back to the Big Ten football schedule. I don't know why it's it seems a little old school, a little throwback. I just like the conference schedule. You get rid of the Badgers beating the hell out of Kent State, and and the game being over after 12 minutes. Um, the conference schedule, I think, is a really really neat uh, way to do it, and and hopefully the conferences can put some protocols in place to have some consistency amongst the schools to where they can try and keep it as safe as possible and, and we can get through as much of this as possible. And, and Brian, I agree with you. I like the 10 games. I think 10 games is one of those things that every game matters. It makes you come back wanting more. Um, you're still going to get a chance to play for that Big Ten championship. You're still going to get a chance to go to a bowl game, assuming that we get to that point, right? So um, it has a lot of value in there. It, it, it's similar to that baseball 60 game season. It's just, it's going to put that much more emphasis on every game and it's going to be fun to see just conference opponents. Just like in baseball, you're kind of seeing the same teams right now. And I think it's kind of fun to, to see that for a season. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of consistent protocols, the last thing that we're going to talk about is, uh, the PAC 12 athletes. And then today the big 10 athletes kind of followed suit with, I don't know, is it too strong to say it's a list of demands? I, I, um, when, when I read the Pac-12 article on the Players' Tribune, what did that come out, two or three days ago? Monday. The first, the first thing that came into my mind was like, this is their declaration of independence almost. Um, almost trying to unionize. The, against the Pac-12, right, saying, hey, we feel like you're not respecting us as people, and we're kind of looked at as, as kind of, we're the people that, you know, play the sport, we're just kind of pushed aside while you guys make all the decision, decisions, and we would like to be a part of that. And <laughs> they're using, and they're using the pandemic 
to then, of course, try and strike and get some other things that they would like to have. Hey, how did that go for Major League Baseball Players Association? (laughs) Well, I think the irony of them feeling like they were part of the decision uh, or part of the process, none of those players went to their coach or their athletic department to bring them this list to them before putting it out in um, in public. And I don't think negotiating through social media has ever worked for someone. Um, and, and this won't work either, but I think it does bring to light some things that players uh, value. I think it brings to light some ways that NCAA and, and conferences can give back to the communities and give back to the players. Um, there's a list of things that we all know that are never going to happen, right? A 50-50 revenue share. Never in a million years is that going to happen in a college athletic program. Taking 2% of revenues and giving it to under um, low-income students of color, okay, that's doable. Um, If it comes in athletic or or, uh, academic scholarship, whatever that looks like. I don't think Um, it matters which it becomes, right? No, just a, well, I think if it depends if it's a scholarship, you know, I think you, you pointed out that does it just help relieve the burden of the, the school itself for a scholarship, whatever. I think it's a, a good um, thing to get out there. Um, you know, I think it's ridiculous. I think they said, I think the big 10 today um, players said they wanted a big 10 subscription for all athletes, families. Really, like a Big Ten Network subscription so they can watch on cable television or satellite. They get to watch uh, play. I'm like, okay, that's – how well, are you, you know, quantifying family on that You know one? what? That would, that would essentially cost the Big Ten Network nothing. Sure. Yeah, just it, give it to them. It's a code. It, it would yeah. cost them nothing. Yeah. So – yeah. Um, no, I just thought it's some of the probably make them money because those are more eyeballs on your screen that you can then jack up your ad revenue for. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I think they bring up a lot of good points. Um, you know, they're especially when it comes to player and health safety right now, they want to they want to ensure that they're being looked after. And I think I understand that. Um there have been rumors right now about the Colorado State program asking players to cover up uh, COVID testing, COVID issues on their campus. And I gotta believe that that's happening at Colorado State, that's happening in a lot of places. And um, let's be honest, when coaches at big time programs win, they make a ton of money. And so just like the use of performance enhancing drugs causes, professional athletes to use them to make more money coaches are going to do the same thing and I think the players feel like sometimes they don't necessarily have strong enough representation in their corner to make sure that they are taken care of um and they're looking for that um and and so I'm I'm with them and I'm with them and 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 I personally have nothing I don't see anything wrong with an athletic department that brings in revenue, splitting that revenue with the athletes that bring it in. Um, I don't think that that harms sports. Um, I think it would mean some sports disappear from campuses, but as I've said already before, 
if a sport can't make money, I don't think that it should be supported by students who don't want those sports. So I'm okay with it. And, and personally, I hope that the Pac-12 stands behind their letter. I hope they have enough players um, within their group so that if they don't get what they want, they tell the Pac-12, we're not going to play this year. I'm skeptical that that's going to happen when push comes to shove because uh, players want to play. Um, even if they're not making money, they want money. We all do, but they're going to play. But I'm, I'm hopeful that they will stick to their guns and sacrifice um, a season for the betterment of athletes down the road, I guess. But I don't think it's just a season they would sacrifice. I think it's a scholarship that they would sacrifice. And Could be. I think there's a, there's a lot of other things to where they're trying to get some power. But at this point, I'm not sure how they get that power because they have none. And um, I think they, they have to probably go all in and say, this is what we're going to do. Um, hopefully knowing or thinking that the universities in the conference can't stand to lose all the football money if these guys don't play and they give a little bit. Um, but I, it's, it's really hard when you've never had any representation or power to all of a sudden say, no, no, I'm drawing a line in the sand here, and you're going to listen to me. Well, there's already been a, a handful of players who have come out and said, hey, we support the cause up to the point of sitting out games. I support the cause, but I'm still going to play, right? Yeah. So, um, it's work. It won't work that way. No. Nope. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just it's so interesting to me that we've set up this, like, economy uh, with universities that, needs sports and it's convoluted to me and and the more i think about it the more i just think we should just separate sports from college completely um it, it just doesn't seem to make much sense um to me to tie those things together you know the, the idea that um, if i'm a prospect coming out of high school and i maybe have uh the, the talent to play in the nfl my only path is to go to college even though i maybe don't want to or maybe i'm not truly qualified for and so that causes these these universities then to set up all of these crazy programs to make sure i get through and i'm bringing in money to the university but i'm getting a scholarship it's just a really weird situation i guess um that we don't see in any other kind of uh a venue, you know, if if you've watched the the, la the newest episode or season of Last Chance U with junior colleges in California, uh, junior colleges in California can't give their players any scholarship money. They can't live on campus because there is no campus housing. They don't even give them food. They give them food like maybe once a week, uh, a team meal or something like that. So I look at that situation, I wonder how many players that go to Laney College in Oakland, California, are there because the coaches have convinced them to come there and maybe you've got an outside shot at a D1 scholarship, but they're really there just to bring in more tuition money to the university, you know, cause they got to pay, they got to pay their tuition. Oh, Justin, a hundred percent because it's, it's so I just, bizarre. I just finished that and and you and I have watched all five seasons of that. And this was by far, they're all uncomfortable for different reasons. This was by far the most uncomfortable season for me to watch because of that exact living situation that a lot of those kids had. 
the one kid is sleeping in his car. The other kid is staying with an aunt and uncle and they're they're couch surfing and they're they're doing this and that and one one kid today at the at the end had five dollars in his account. Yeah. Five dollars. Yeah. And he just gets in his car and he drives away. And I'm just thinking, don't start the thing because you don't have money to fill it back up. Um <laughs> and and at Laney Junior College or Laney Community College in, in Oakland, California, it's 100% about tuition because guess what? They had practice squad players at a community college. Correct. Correct. And oh, it's, it's like you, people will argue the other side of that coin. They'll say, well, yeah, Justin, but they're getting an, an opportunity to go to college and to you know, start a career outside of professional sports. And I would agree with that. But when you watch a program like Last Chance U, not one player is is satisfied with like, oh, I can get a, a partial or a full ride to a D2 school yeah. and I'm going to take it because that's my ticket to a four-year degree. Yep. All they're trying to do is play more football with this this little hope out there that, that maybe they're going to go to the NFL. Um, it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. Um, I, oh. So I think sports offer opportunities for people to go to college that perhaps wouldn't go without sports and give them um, an opportunity to have opportunity they have without sports. But my perception of that is that it doesn't work out very often. And coaches at universities um, kind of – I don't want to use the I don't know what the word I want to use is, but they they keep the players coming with that kind of hope, even though some of them know that it's not going to happen. Well, hey, these recruiters are salespeople. Yeah. But how is that any different than the student who goes to a four-year university for the college experience, but has no uh, path to get a job after college, right? That's a, that's a terrible that's idea, right. too. Horrible, right. terrible investment. You know, the, the ethnic and gender studies or the history major with non-education or whatever, like, there's a few jobs out there, but not nearly the amount of that students are enrolling into that college campus. And, and, but those people see value in going to school and in getting that degree, uh, just as I think there's people who see value in just wanting to be a part of a sports team and willing to pay that money to go to college so they can just play football or play baseball or whatever sport that they love that they will pay to play. Um, you know, I, I think I it's no different. I don't have a problem with them paying to play. I, I, I don't. Um, I, the, the studies are out there that say that, that that keeps a lot of kids academically engaged. And, and I think that can't be ignored. Uh, but to, to answer your first question, Brad, those kids who are going for the quote-unquote college experience, nothing could be dumber. And, yeah, there might be value in learning how to live, but you can learn to live without going into debt like that. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the value certainly, in my mind, of a degree has to be, okay, I paid X number of dollars for the degree. How many dollars am I going to make with the degree? Uh, rather than, well, there's just value of that experience. Sure. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Hey. I don't want to end that conversation other than to just say, let's end it. 
I agree. Hey, I got a quick would you rather. I didn't put a lot of thought and effort into this week, and it's not sports related, but if you got to lose a, a, a finger, a pinky finger, or a pinky toe for the rest of your life, which one are you got cutting off? Would you rather your pinky finger or your pinky toe? I'm going toe because I know a guy, actually one of our assistant coaches in college, who claimed to have both of his pinky toes blown off. Um, I think he grabbed a ladder that was connected to a line or something. Um, and, and so he was actually, he could, he could just about dunk a basketball. He still was pretty normal. Um, well, abnormal actually, but I, I think that this is first of all, more visible. Um, and second of all, I think a lot more utilities and, and, you know, we, we use our hands a lot more. So I think I'd still live a fairly, plus my pinky toes are pretty small anyways. I don't think I'd miss them. Okay. Justin? Brad, are we talking the, the whole toe and the whole finger, or are we just talking like a nub? Whole toe, whole finger. Okay. I think, I think I'd go with the finger. I, I am a person who really likes to be up and around on my feet, and toes play a pretty important role in terms of balance. And I would be nervous that if you just, I lop my pinky toe off tomorrow as I'm splitting wood or something. I might lose some of that balance and, and I very much value myself being able to kind of move through the world on my own power. And these don't help me with that. If this, <laughs> if this is gone right here, I still got these other th four things that can grab. I mean, and what do I need to grab? Coffee cup, 12 ounce, 12 ounce can, <laughs> maybe a pen. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I think uh, I'm going to go with Justin, but completely non-scientific reason. I just think it makes for a better story. Everybody's going to ask you what happened to your finger. You can make up some story and, and maybe get a couple free drinks at the bar then. So. It would be a story like Ronnie Lott. I just told him to cut it off and put me back in the game. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. I, like it. I have a win in Rome. And, well, it's – not exactly Wisconsin related. It is Wisconsin related because it happened right here next door to me today. Okay. Um, they have a new neighbor and they keep, first of all, you guys both know where I live. We don't have a huge yard. It's, it's very easily push mode in under an hour. They have a riding lawnmower and <laughs> <laughs> the yard they bought was probably, or at least arguably, the most beautiful yard on the, on, the, on the street. They've been here under a month. It is now not, and it's not even close. They've, they've ruined the yard because they set this riding lawnmower way too low, and they scalped the shit out of everything. And they keep mowing an entire riding lawnmower width into my yard. What do I do about this? Knock on their door and have a friendly conversation. Um, I think a week one sponsor was uh, Radhika uh, Fences Make uh, Good Neighbors Great, right? Radhika Ranger like, Fence Company. The I think uh, they run the thing all the way to the sidewalk. <laughs> um, or do what my uh, neighbor did when I first moved in this house, which is 
he uh, he came over with a 30-pack of bush light and sat it on my front porch and said, welcome to the neighborhood, and uh, sat and cracked one open and, and uh, talked to me about the, all the neighbors. So uh, maybe you tell them uh, who the neighbors are, and uh, during the conversation, you nonchalantly talk about uh, lot lines and uh, how important lot lines are. Is it, a, is it a dick move to just put, like, the snow the snow stakes all the way along the, the lot line? Yes. Yeah, yes. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's that's called passive aggressiveness, Brian. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with it. Try it. Try some uh, champagne of beers first, and if that doesn't work, then go to the fence post. Yeah. You know Just I have talk. some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, right, you got, got a fast week for us. I got a. I got a, a. Did you know this week? I was watching some. I won't tell you what sport because I don't, I don't want to give it away. But I was watching some sports this week, and I came up with this did, did you know. Um, I have a question for you, too. Can you tell me the American city in which every professional team has the same color scheme? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Did you know why? No. no. Okay. Do you know which team had the yellow or the gold and the black first? I would guess that the Steelers are the oldest. Okay. Oh, I was going to go Pirates. Okay. Well, Brad, you're right. It's the Pirates, but it's not the Baseball Pirates. Let me share my screen and show you two real quickly. Let's see. Where's my share screen? There was a Pittsburgh Pirates hockey team. Can you see that? Oh, that is cool. That played in Pittsburgh from 1925 to 1930, and they were the first team, professional team, wear the yellow and the gold in the city of Pittsburgh. Now, at this time, the Pittsburgh Pirate baseball team, they existed. They've been around for a much longer period. Okay. They didn't wear yellow and black. They wore red, white, and blue. Ooh, and so from the movie 42. Say that again? Those jerseys, those are the uniforms from the movie 42, the Jack okay. Robinson movie. Well, they, did it, that were, they didn't change uniform colors until 1948 when they went to the yellow and the gold. By that time, the original Pittsburgh Pirate hockey team was already out of town. And by the way, look at that sweater right there. Does that not look like the baseball team yeah. logo for a while? Yeah. Sure. Pretty cool. So the Pirates started it. They left town. Um, the, the, the Pittsburgh Pirate baseball team adopted it, and the Steelers adopted it as soon as they came into the league. So we've got two teams, the Steelers and the Baseball Pirates, wearing um, the black and the gold. The Penguins come into the NHL in 1968. They don't use black and gold. You know what, what? color they used? No. Their original uniforms look like this. Oh, yeah, the throwbacks. Yeah, two shades of blue, but with a gold triangle and a penguin with a hockey stick on the front. They don't get their black and gold colors until 1980. Wow. At the Super Bowl in 1980, at the half, during the halftime show, they announced they're going to change colors and go black and gold. And they're going to do it because they want to look like the other two teams in what they call the City of Champions. I like because it. in 1979, the Pittsburgh Pirate baseball team wins the World Series. 
in the late 70s, in 75, 76, 79, and 80, the Steelers win the Super Bowl. So Pittsburgh's just in this sea of winning. And the Penguins were a terrible team. And they said, let's do something. Let's kind of change gears here. They go black and gold. And we've been that way ever since. So the only team in the country with black and gold for every sports team, because they all want to be part of the city of champions. I like it. I love the history behind it, but I've also always loved the fact that the major sports teams have the same color pattern. I always thought it'd be cool that, hey, you, you, know, you know what your color pattern is no matter which game you're going to. Right. For sure. Right. So you said they made that change in 1980? Yes, the Penguins made that change as recently as 1980. So I believe then it took them a decade. I, I, maybe they won one before, but they won the cup against the North Stars in either 90 or 91. Okay. Yeah, Mario Lemieux pl playing for yep. back then. Yammer, Yager. Yep. Okay. Who is, I think, still playing. <laughs> <laughs> he played He played to deep into his 40s. Yes, yes. If I remember correctly. Yep. So. All right. Well, good show. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up with a sponsor this week. Uh, the sponsor this week is Weber Grills, nice. because basically at our house, we'd go hungry in the summer without a Weber Grill, and I know you guys <laughs> both have a Weber Grill as well. Um, I apologize for the generic Google image picture, but that's what I've got for you tonight. I was a little lazy on the sponsor and, and putting it together tonight. So, um, As always, you can email the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can follow on Twitter as well as on Facebook. I got to get a slide made up for that. And thank you guys for watching. Enjoy your week. And we will uh, see you next week for episode number 14. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys at the circus.